Hello, this is Ida Josefina, and you're listening to The Sane Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Charles Braskowski. Charles is the co-founder and CEO of Arena, a platform for connecting ideas and building knowledge. Charles recently wrote an essay celebrating the 10th anniversary of Arena called On Motivation, a really lovely read that inspired many points of our conversation, and I definitely recommend you to read it on the Arena blog. In this episode, we'll be talking about nodal points, our personal experiences in finding these golden nuggets of information, the importance of finding ways to contextualize information, the tech industry's role in all of this, and much more. I really love this conversation. I hope you do as well. So let's get to it. Here's Charles Braskowski. I'm here with Charles Braskowski. Welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Amazing. Well, let's just get started. Um, I'd love to hear a bit about your background. Can you tell me a bit about your history? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, I am, yeah, let's see where to begin. I'm 38 years old. I've been on the internet since I was 12 or 13. Uh, I've had a website. Yeah. Since I was 12, my first website was called welcome to hell and it was, uh, links to, uh, various other, I say other very generously to myself, other hacker websites. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, so I've been like, I've been around the internet since the first browsers. Um, My background is in, I went to college for, uh, I wanted to be an artist. um, And um, I sort of feel like I came of age uh, in in a sort of like art and at the sad intersection between art and technology. Um, uh, I was making in school a lot of uh, web-based art and um, kind of like computer-based painting and photography, this kind of thing. Um, And uh, showed in galleries for a couple of years and um, did that kind of thing, but always did programming on the side for money. Um, and then, um, yeah, a friend of mine, we, yeah, I'm kind of getting into the story of starting arena, but a a friend of mine, uh, in, um, right around the time that I had my first and last solo show, a friend of mine had been talking about something, um, that would become arena. The name was arena and, um, is very similar in like, uh, in its objectives, um, but he had been talking about this for a long time. And after I had this show, I had like sort of thought like, I don't necessarily think that like commercial or, or not necessarily commercial, but making art as a career, um, was something that I would be particularly good at. Um, and what my friend John Michael had been talking about, uh, seemed actually a lot where my mind was going with the, the work that I was making too. Um, so yeah, that was, that was about a little more than 10 years ago. Um, and then it's a long, like windy road. This was all in New York, no? Was all of it like your, your artistic career and all of that, that happened out in New York and you're still based in New York, no? Yeah. 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 So that was all in New York. Um, I live in upstate New York now, but, uh, yeah, I Mm -hmm. lived in New York for 16 years. And what is arena? (laughs) 
<laughs> this is like a, it, it's so embarrassing because I feel like we yeah it's been going on for 10 years and we don't have a succinct um, definition of it our tagline is it's a platform for connecting ideas and building knowledge but um, that admittedly doesn't really tell you much I usually if I'm like in a conversation with like a parent or like a parent's friend or something I would say it's like a Pinterest but nerdier um, which I feel like it goes part, it goes like like a pretty good amount of the way to um, capturing the essence pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, I would probably scratch out nerdier and replace with cooler, but that's just uh, <laughs> that's yeah, just me. <laughs> yeah, tomato, tomato. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's similar to Pinterest in that you're making collections of things. The difference is that um, on Arena, the the emphasis is not only on visual stuff, but on links and files and um, text articles from other places. Um, and the other emphasis is on, um, so the, the only, there's like one major social action that you can do on it. There's no likes or, or anything like that, um, but you can make a connection. So if you come across um, uh, something that someone else has made, um, you can take that piece of information. It's an image, it's a text or whatever, and connect it into one of your collections, which we call channels. Channels can okay. be, yeah, public or private. Um, so there's like a sort of very quiet solo aspect to arena where you just can be working on your own and with, with maybe a, a few people. And then there's a more like, I use the metaphor of like working in a public library, you know, it's public mm -hmm. in that sense. You're just sort of like, you're doing your own thing, but it happens to be in the open. If someone wanted to walk by and see, they could. Um, so it's, sense. yeah, it's a social network, but it's very lightly social. Yeah, makes sense. And that actually brings me to what I really want to focus on in this conversation, which is what you've coined as nodal points. So you wrote this essay very recently, it was just a few weeks ago, um, celebrating 10 years of Arena, no? Yes, um, yeah, that's right. Where you talked about nodal points. Um, can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I, I think, um, I can't remember. A friend of mine was telling me that this was like actually some uh, a term that was used in a William Gibson novel, so I probably stole the thing without <laughs> realizing that um, I... I didn't know how how else to describe this thing of like coming across a sort of like life changing quote or book or piece of music, song, a movie, something that just sort of like um, when you come across it, you sort of know that that things won't be the same. And I mean, that's like a very dramatic way to put it. You know, the change could be very slight and subtle, but there's these are sort of like a collection of points in one's life that add up to um, something that is like akin to a perspective because they're like these moments when uh, you recognize something as like very specifically for you. Um, and this came about because I was trying to think of like, um, like how we stay motivated after 10 years and um, part of it, I think, is like having that sort of experience ourselves, like on arena coming across things that are sort of like um, 
at one level or another changing our own lives, you know, because there's so many interesting people on there and people are uploading so much like just fascinating stuff. Um, so we have that experience of like being subtly changed all the time by, from the people on arena, but also I think um, the fact that that arena itself provides that for other people, you know what yeah. I mean? Is like a lot of what keeps us going. Yeah. Um, so would you say that it's, it's sort of like um, synonymous to s some kind of intellectual or mental experience? Like I'm, um, or, or like, what do you, what do you classify actually as like a nodal point? Because I, when I read, I read the essay and I really, really, really yeah. resonated with it because for me, it's been very much about, um, when we were actually having a conversation about this earlier, we were talking about how or I think you mentioned in the in the essay how um, you could really actually almost write down every single one of these things if you really yeah. wanted to. It'd be a lot, but yeah. you could. And I really yeah. agree with that for me as well. It's been like certain moments, certain pieces of information, certain books, certain ideas, certain people, certain lectures mm -hmm. that I've attended that have mm -hmm. created this sort of like map that mm -hmm. is sort of my now it's it, it became sort of my um you know world perspective uh unique mm -hmm. and personal to me but now it's also kind of become my like intellectual and also my professional world because i'm also a tech founder building something so is that how you would kind of classify it or do you have some examples uh, of your personal experiences of what you mean by these nodal points yeah yeah and i think i think the way that i was thinking about it was like like time is a huge factor in it you know like a certain yeah like like a certain intersection between when you're ready to like when something uh is going to resonate you and you're sort of ready ready for it to to resonate yeah. you, with you like that that is very important so i i was thinking about it because i was thinking about these like early what would be nodal points for me and like <laughs> the first one i thought of is like kind of slightly embarrassing i guess it's a um It's a book called Alan Mendelssohn, The Boy from Mars. It's like a children's book. Or it's like a, I don't know, young adult book. I read it in sixth grade. But in the book, these two kids are like, I don't know. They're kind of weird, um, I guess nerdy. Um, but the book centers around this bookstore, this like occult bookstore in uh, whatever the downtown area of the fictional city that they live in. Um, and that like occult bookstore reminded me at the time or like sort of got me in tune with the bookstore that was near my house as a kid and thinking about that as a sort of place for like like this is like a sort of world of possibility and that's the way that they treat it in the book too you know that's it's sweet. it's very it's like sweet and it's also kind of cheesy but like those are also I mean I recognize that and it could be like a hindsight thing but I recognize that as like a moment when I'm like, oh yeah, this this place is actually very special and yeah. I need to pay attention to it and like that sort of carried onwards, you know. I'm still obsessed with used bookstores. Yeah. <laughs> and what like did it did it sort of like develop linearly with that same thing or did it get branched off into other things then? Yeah, I think it branches off. I think also that it's like it's very easy to be reductive about this timeline or this map of influences yeah. after the fact and it's it's easier to sort of like reduce it into something that is like a bit more linear and makes sense 
but at the time it doesn't you know when you when you come across something and you're like oh geez that's like something that feels very important you never know yeah. where that is going to go you know what yeah, i mean for sure yeah and and you also uh, speak in this essay about um people's unique perspectives and uh creating yourself and i think you called it becoming incrementally more complete yeah uh what i mean i i suppose that's sort of the conclusion to the connection of nodal points but can you tell me more about that yeah i think um Yeah, there's so many like angles to approach it from. I think that personally paying attention to these sort of moments in time when uh, you feel like a piece of information is resonant with you is like a, a way to understand like who you sort of really are at your core. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, investigating why you feel so resonant with that thing. Like, what is it about this book? You know what I mean? What is it about this book? What is the aspect of this book that you feel so connected towards? Like, and it's like, once you start doing it, I feel like it's easy to sort of unpack um, the various dimensions in which you can approach something and then recognize patterns in the way that one sort of like is attracted to anything. You know what I mean? Like, and, and then it starts to become, if you can, if you can do the job of sort of breaking down the aspects of things that you become attracted to, then it sort of ceases to, um, <laughs> it's like, it like takes down the, the, the genre, the, the, ne the necessity of genre. You know right. what I mean? Like, you're like, you're like, this is the aspect of the book that I really like. But that aspect could also exist in fashion or music or like nonfiction or news articles that you're reading or whatever, you know, yeah. and knowing those things and sort of like knowing that stuff about yourself. Um, I don't know, it's hard to say like what the concrete benefits are, but just becoming like more, a more in tune with yourself person it feels interesting yeah. you know yeah and i'm sure i mean i'm sure it also relates with people's ability to then therefore uh think maybe more critically about certain pieces of information based on where yeah. they're presented and who is presenting them if you yes. don't have that sort of attachment to to the source or to whatever you know other than that specific you know like crumb of information wherever it lays yeah yeah totally And I think that, like, you know, like, there's been a sort of, like, uh, a ridiculous amount said about this sort of, like, conflict, or, or the, 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 what is it? What's the word I'm thinking of? Like, you have this vast amount of, vast amount and ever-increasing amount of information in the world. Um, mm. And that is one thing that sort of people are having to deal with. And then on the other hand, you have these sort of like um, these networks of information that are largely um, built around algorithms that are personalized to a person based on whatever a sort of like uh, machine learning process is garnering to be the thing, <laughs> the things that they like, you know, but yeah. at the same time you have, um, like, like the ways in which those, um, attributes are quantified are very, 
you know, it's very much like whatever people have said everything, everything possible that could be possibly said about this, but you know, it's about like these, these very sort of like base level emotions, like, like you see some, like, you know, it's memes. It's like, it's like stuff that anyone would pay attention to or it's fashion yeah. or, or whatever. Like you can't break it down into these like abstract aspects that you could like, like that's a personal thing. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm kind of rambling, but I think that like, yeah, there, there's something that, um, there's something personal in analyzing one's own taste that I think is important to stay in touch with, especially yeah. in this age where you're sort of being presented information constantly. I mean, I, that's, and that's what I wanted to actually ask you about if you see any connections between sort of individual nodal points and in general, like the shaping of the world and society and maybe like society's nodal points collectively. Uh, and I think we kind of touched on that talking about like, it's not just important for people to know what they're more interested in, but it's also important in terms of increasing media literacy and, mm -hmm. and that, but I wonder then, you know, like if, if we, if you sort of accept this idea that, um, any piece of information can be important to a person given the right context, uh, yeah. which is also yeah. another point that you make. So do you have ideas of how information could therefore be contextualized better and more personally for people without exactly these like algorithms that just make people, you know, see the same thing over and over that the algorithms have picked up that they're interested in. So kind of like yeah. personalized information without personalizing information. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard for me to not see that, not like, uh, answer that question through the lens of arena. Um, mm. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure my co-founders feel the same, but I think we're, we're at a point where we're sort of like deeply incepted with the idea also that, um, like the only way to handle this situation is on like an, a, individual and very personal level you know what i mean which is why we sort of emphasize like like we will never have personalized recommendations on arena because the point is for like a person to be doing this work themselves and then i think the second the second point of a person doing the work is like so yeah on arena you have channels the blocks are the individual pieces a block could exist in any number of channels so you have a block in your channel that also may exist in 50 other channels and being able to see that same piece of information through different perspectives you know what i mean that's a that's a kind of work that a person does themselves you know what i mean like we're yeah, not we're absolutely. It, it's it, we're sort of like providing the like the landscape for that to happen in but it's really people who are doing the work and like the the benefits exist not on arena but like in a person's brain you know right. what i mean like when you you're like oh yes i can see that thing from that person's perspective um it's a muscle that is like i don't know it doesn't get exercised a lot you know what i mean yeah. you're not forced yeah, to it's look not like instant person. gratification yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not and it's not particularly easy, I would say. 
if you like at first, you know, it's a little bit challenging. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I absolutely know what you mean. Actually, a lot of those questions and ideas have come up when we've been building our, and designing our product. It's like, well, yeah. how much responsibility can you put on the user while at the same time, like, building a, a building a product that people really want to use and they want to keep using, but doing it in like a very humane and ethical way. So, totally. so I mean, we're both we're both founders in in the tech industry. So, what kind of like do you like, like how do you sort of see yourself? in it <laughs> like what kind of part do you feel like you play having said all of that and maybe you could talk a little bit about like the va- the values that your your company has in in building technology like you mentioned that you don't do personalization what yeah. what else is sort of important to note yeah i think um we have a sort of like list of of like priorities of of the way that we approach things i think a, a couple of things that were sort of like I wouldn't say any, there's a couple of things that we are sort of very adamant about. We'll never have like buttons and we will never have personalized recommendations. Um, But like, uh, apart from that, I think there's, it sort of goes down. There's a bit of a gradation in terms of like the, the principles that we hold. Like we have these ideas for like, like, we will def- we will always prioritize healthy behavior over addictive behavior, for example. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And um, I think there's other things where we're just sort of like, yeah, I talked a little bit about this in the essay, but we're sort of, we're principled about how we do things, but not exactly like what arena becomes and, and what it turns into out of that. And I think right. uh, the other thing that we're sort of very focused on is just like having it be a conversation with the people that use Arena and the people that really care about it and us. And so we're all kind of figuring out like what Arena is going to be um, at the same time. And yeah, we definitely feel when things come up or when a lot of people are sort of saying at the si- same time, like, I wish we could do this. Or I wish that this was a sort of interaction that was possible. Those are the things that we really pay attention to. Um, but at the same time, we're a super small company. We're yeah. uh, it's two people full time, and we have three or four people part time. Um, so in terms of like what our role is in a broader tech landscape, I would say it's very very small. Um, but I think, um, yeah. Yeah, the used bookstore thing, I mean, that's just personal. I think my co-founders would hate it if I described Arena as a used bookstore, but, um, <laughs> you know, something that's like, something that's like, um, I think we feel like something that we're a company that's small and special and has capacity to grow, uh, but not fast over over a long period of time yeah do you have opinions about like what direction the, the tech industry should take because i'm i mean you, you uh you i mean <laughs> you have your own set of <laughs> you have your own set of, of values and and kind of probably building some sort of counter solution but do you i'm putting you on the spot here <laughs> but yeah. what do you what do you think what do you think that in general sort of should be like 
do you think that there should be sort of like agreed sort of guiding principles for how to build like humane technology, especially like consumer facing products? Yeah, I do, but I don't think that they're necessarily, I mean, I have ideas how I would like for it to be. Um, but I don't think that they're necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily correspond with reality. I think I would yeah. like to see, um, The one thing that I do think is very possible, I think that there should be lots of different types of people should try and start companies. I think that like um, diversity in founders, not just in sort of like, um, like ethnicity or gender or anything like that, like just different types of, of, of approaches for building companies. You know, like there, there needs to be, there needs to be a sort of like break in the idea of what a typical CEO should be. Yeah. You know, and I think there yeah, needs to be sure. a lot different, a lot more different approaches to what people think a company could be. And I do see yeah. that. I mean, I'm not like, I feel like I'm like, um, a little bit like more skeptical of crypto than most of my peers, but I do see that happening. Like, like companies or, or organizations or, or people doing things together spin up really quickly. So that is very heartening to, to see um, just people feeling like, like everyone should feel like they can do it themselves. And if they don't like yeah. something that's going on, that they should start a, they should start yeah. a company or, or start a project or whatever. It doesn't have to be something huge. And I think there yeah. needs to be also Uh, more examples of different kind of companies that are not just like, like now I think on the internet or on tech based companies, we have sort of like two, it's just like a binary, you know, it gets like super huge or it just like crashes and burns and there needs to yeah. be some variation in between if we want to see like different, a, a different outcome. For sure. I mean, it's, it's a bit weird. I mean, tech is so ubiquitous. Um, it's just like the most ubiquitous thing that exists in the world probably. And yeah. it's really funny because I, I never like, I never really saw myself as, as like a tech tech person or a tech founder of wanting to really yeah. be in like tech, tech, tech. Like I really like yeah. tech because you can do a lot of stuff in it. But I think maybe if I was born like a hundred years earlier, a hundred years later, like it wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be a startup founder. Like I would be someone who just wants to build something that's like interesting and cool and do yeah. it based off of principles of how I see the world that it's a bit funny how it's like it is so specific of like what it is to be like a startup founder in the tech industry but it's really yeah. just the, probably for me I think it's only because I happen to be living in 2021 um, yeah. in these circumstances in this situation which is the reason why I'm, I'm I found it as tech startup but it's not for the sake of the tech industry or for being like a startup founder itself so I completely yeah. agree with you like I think I've worked a bit in the art like art industry and um, before that in politics. And it is, I've always, I always found it super weird how like clearly those lines are drawn in between in how people classify themselves being like, yep. oh, I'm a yep. politician or right. I'm an art consultant and right. art is my world and culture is my world. And, and people in tech are so married to the idea of, of being someone in tech that mm -hmm. it's, it's super strange and it's quite unnecessary as well. I think like it totally. So yeah, it's self-limiting. And I think, yeah, yeah, similarly for politics, like I think a lot of people think 
like, oh, I'm not that type of person who would. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? But we need we need weirdos. We need weirder people to be in politics. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need more strange ideas. Yeah. We need people to make more nodal points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think like yeah, the idea that people can like uh, I don't know how else to say this without it being super cheesy, but just like yeah, <laughs> break down the genre for them. Like like a, a person it should not fit cleanly in a genre. You know. Yeah. Like people, I think everyone is like. Um, more way more complicated than that than the genres that they put themselves in absolutely i absolutely agree well cool i think that's a good note to probably end on thank you so much for doing this yeah really nice thanks for having to me you. yeah likewise